DJ, PK, and Roxy Bernstein, Pac-12 Network broadcaster, joining us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Roxy, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well this morning. Uh, a little curious about the schedule this week. It's uh, the Utes are off. Arizona State is off. USC also has a bye. A lot of teams shut down. Washington State has the week off. Do you really think that uh, Washington State is uh, soft and has no work ethic and is entitled? Or is that a little over the top by the coach? Well, Leach is going to leach, right? He, he's going to do what he's got to do to motivate his team. And I don't think he's talking about them in the physical sense. Do you guys? I, I think he's talking about it more in the – the mental approach to the game. Uh, but he was clearly frustrated the way they played last Saturday night. So the bye week, I think they needed one, especially how shell-shocked they were the week before, blowing that 49-17 lead to UCLA at home. So Washington State was in desperate need of a bye. And, you know, we're seeing all these byes this year, and everybody's got the double bye. And the way that the schedule lays out with the calendar this year, so the double buys, I think, will come into play and help some teams. And, for example, Washington State, I think the buy came at a really good time where a team like Utah, for example, coming off that huge win, maybe they wanted to, to play again this week. Yeah, I think, the, I think you're right about that. I do think the one thing the Utes like is they have some guys beat up and Zach Moss are trying to get him healthy. So I think for Zach's sake, they don't mind the bye. Uh, but you're right. Usually when a team plays a game that good, they definitely want to double down and get right back at it. And Arizona and Colorado just won conference openers, and they are playing each other. Pac-12 Network, 2.30 Mountain Time. Arizona is at Colorado. They're both 3-1. They're both 1-0, and so whoever wins this, 4-1, and 2-0, and and I know they're not supposed to be good, but, man, Colorado, when they won the division, they were sixth place the year before. They were picked to finish sixth. They weren't supposed to be good, and they did. Would you buy a Cinderella story for either one of these teams if they win this game and get to 4-1 and and 2-0? and um, I think they can make things interesting, but to me, even though I look at the South and I, okay, yes, USC – beat Utah, right? I still think Utah is the best team in the South. And I don't know. I don't think it's that close, to be honest with you. Um, It's just, you know, they had a horrible night in L.A. Where you look at Colorado and and what they've done and got to give Mel Tucker a lot of credit, this team needed a spark. They were 5-0 last year before they lost their final seven games. And they just needed to feel like what it was to win again. And certainly the frustration of not finishing off Air Force at home after the win against Nebraska was big, but they're coming off the bye. Uh, and they won that road game at Arizona State, which was a really good win for them in a number of areas. But they have a veteran quarterback in Steven Montez. They have some playmakers, although they're a bit dinged up. They're at home, which is key. And they're getting an Arizona team that's won three games in a row. And Arizona, that opening game when they lost to Hawaii over in Honolulu, that uh, week zero game where they were at the goal line and just fell short uh, against the Rainbow Warriors. But Kevin Sumlin's got them playing pretty well. And Grant Cannell stepped in for Khalil Tate, made his first career start against UCLA last week. This is going to be a really competitive football game, I think, between two teams 
that are really just trying to make a name for themselves in this conference right now. You like either one? You want to make a pick? I, I would just, I, well, if you're going to make me make a pick, I would lean toward Colorado just because they're at home. Uh, dealing with some injuries like Arizona is right now, J.J. Taylor didn't play against UCLA. Uh, Khalil Tate's status still is kind of uncertain to what's going to happen. So I'm going to give the edge to Colorado coming off the bye and them being at home and the injury concerns that that Arizona has. The game of the week in the Pac-12 should be Cal at Oregon, 4-1 Cal, 3-1 Oregon. But Chase Garber hurts his shoulder, so he's out. And their passing game just went south. Monster, the the, uh, transfer from UCLA, that didn't go anywhere at all. 5 of 14, 23 yards. Uh, Is Oregon going to spit him up and uh, blow him out? Or is the Cal defense going to make this interesting even though they had a quarterback injury? Well, Cal's defense will keep them in games for the most part. But the wild thing in this matchup, if you look at the success Oregon has had, even since Justin Wilcox, has taken over as the Cal quarterback, but it's Oregon has scored 40 plus points in eight consecutive meetings with Cal, and that has to be a huge concern for Justin Wilcox going into this game. And if Cal's going to have a chance, they have to find some semblance of a consistent offense because you're right, Devon Monster really struggled in that game. Cal had just 25 yards of total offense the last 25 minutes of that game. And it's, a, it's really unfortunate for Cal as well. And you alluded to Garbers. He really started to finally figure some things out. He had played well this season. You look at that last drive, he led Cal down the field for the game-winning field goal in Seattle against the Huskies in Week 2. The way he played at Ole Miss when Cal went down there and got that win. And he was playing well until he got hurt last week. And last week... Cal would have won the game had Garbers not exited. They were they were moving the football. They were in a really good spot. But then he went down, and it just fell apart. And maybe having a whole week of practice as the starter for Monster could help him. But you're getting a, a behemoth on the other side. I think Oregon, the way they're rolling, they haven't given up a touchdown in 12 quarters. Um, and their only loss was that opening game against Auburn when everybody knows they were the better team. They just didn't win the game. So, and they're coming off the bye. I, I really think that Oregon is starting to click, and their defense is playing better than anybody thought it would. Washington's playing Stanford in Oregon-Washington with Washington State floundering out of the gate and with Cal losing their quarterback. And with Stanford already having three losses, two and three and one and two in the Pac-12, it looks like the preseason predictions that it's going to be Oregon and Washington at the end, that they look right. What has gone wrong with Stanford, and how thoroughly do you expect Washington to, to beat them? Stanford's beat up, and I did their game last week against Oregon State, and they found a way to win the game, right? That was the key. Yeah, I watched it. I know. But it, it, it wasn't pretty, right? And no, they had to really sweat it out there at the end when Oregon State made a furious rally to tie the game, and then the kickoff return sets up the game-winning field goal for Stanford. But they're really thin on both sides of the football, and that's something we haven't seen from Stanford teams. We're used to seeing the Stanford Cardinals dominate at the point of attack in the line of scrimmage, right? The intellectual brutality is what Stanford had. And this team right now, they just don't have it. And they, in the past, they've had some of those spectacular players, I think, to be able to overcome some of this, whether they had a Christian McCaffrey 
or Bryce Love. This team doesn't have that either. And they have some consistent players who are pretty good. You know, Cameron Scarlett's a solid running back. And I thought Davis Mills played pretty well. And Colby Parkinson is a really good tight end. But they, they have some weaknesses. And this is not the same Stanford team we're used to seeing. And this is the toughest stretch I think that David Shaw has seen since he has been the Stanford head coach. And this is going to be a tough task. I know they're at home. But Washington has seemed to have found their rhythm after losing to Cal that week two of the way they played against BYU and USC. Is there just going to be nobody there? I mean, I think it's embarrassing for the conference to have a game this big. It's going to be on ESPN at 830. But Stanford hasn't been drawing well when they've been better. And I get it. Kids come from all over the country, and so they leave and they go all over the country. And it's a smaller student body. It's not a state school cranking out, you know, with 30,000 kids, cranking out thousands of alumni every year. So I get the issues they're up against, but it still just looks bad to have the stadium be half or one-third full. I think it has to be a concern. When you're seeing it, it's not just Stanford. And I know there was some stuff written this week about UCLA and the crowd they're expecting at the Rose Bowl tomorrow night for the game against Oregon State. But we're seeing this across the board in college football. And I don't know what the answer to is to it, that we're seeing the crowds kind of dip a little bit. In some places, you know, the, the crowds are still terrific. Like you look at Oregon and Washington clearly draws well. And certainly the Utes draw very well there in Salt Lake City. But I, I think it has to be a concern around not just the Pac-12 and not just the schools we just talked about, but the landscape of college football. And I, I'm not sure why. Maybe because every game's available on television now, and, and maybe it's, it's tough when we don't know the start times and the kickoff times until 12 days prior and people can't necessarily plan ahead. I, I'm not sure what the answer is, but it's not just – uh, places like Stanford and UCLA are dealing with this. We're seeing this across the board in college football. Roxy Bernstein joining us right here, uh, Pac-12 Networks. So Oregon or Washington, you already said you think Utah is the best team in the South and you think it's not close. So assuming the Utes get to the conference title game, who are they likely to see, Oregon or Washington? Uh, right now I think it's Oregon. With, with what I've seen from the Ducks, and Washington's a good team and, and Easton's a terrific quarterback. But when you have that offensive line that Oregon does with Tanae Sewell, who's just a monster at left tackle with the four seniors, and then you got a quarterback who's you know, once-a-decade a type talent in Justin Herbert, uh, and the way their defense is performing, again, not giving up a touchdown in 12 quarters. So I, I'm going to give the edge. Even though Washington does host Oregon, I'm going to give the edge to Oregon in, in that matchup. So I do believe we'll see a Pac-12 championship game. This is my prediction before the year. I'm going to stick with it, that we're going to have Oregon against Utah playing in the Pac-12 title game. Washington and Oregon, that is uh, October 19th. And then Washington has a bye to get ready for the Utes. So those are two enormous games sitting out there in the, in the Huskies' schedule. Uh, you think anybody from the conference can get in the playoff, or is the conference champ going to the Rose Bowl? Uh, I think it's still in play. To me, I know everybody was ready to shoot down the conference early and say, oh, okay, we can eliminate the Pac-12, and that was the national narrative, and people trying to be cute and funny on social media about it. There's a lot of football left to be played, right? We're, we're talking on October 4th. You can't eliminate an entire conference. We don't know what's going to happen. Clemson nearly got beat last week by North Carolina. Something, something strange always happens. So, 
If you look at it right now, certainly Oklahoma, for example, in the Big 12 is in a great spot. I, I think they're head and shoulders above everybody else in that league. And, and certainly you look at the SEC and what Alabama's doing and, and the talents that they have. And there's some great football in that conference, as we know. Uh, Clemson's still unbeaten. They're going to be there. Certainly Ohio State. But you can't write off the Pac-12 just yet. I think Utah could still be in the conversation if they run the table. Um, if Oregon happens to run the table with that one loss being on a neutral site to Auburn, they could still be in, in the equation as far as the college football playoff. So for me, guys, it's too early to write off the Pac-12 or anybody at this point. I guess at this point, Pac-12 fans are Auburn fans. They're 5-0. and <laughs> They've got to play undefeated Florida this weekend. If they win that... That's a huge game. Now, they still got LSU, Georgia, and Bama, so they've still got three top five teams left to play. But the better Auburn does, the more you can look at the Oregon loss and go, ah, hey, they played them tough. Look how good Auburn is. I think that's part of it also, that, okay, you want to see how the non-conference foes did. And you look at the records and how they stack up, and the Pac-12 did really well in the non-conference in some of the wins. That the, that the league had. Okay, that was the game everybody was pointing to, right, was that matchup. And there's still opportunities. For example, USC is going to play Notre Dame coming up. Stanford's still going to play Notre Dame. So there's still a couple of opportunities for those quality non-conference wins. But we, we saw some good play from the Pac-12 in the non-conference. Arizona State going back to Michigan State and winning. Arizona knocking off Texas Tech. Cal going to Ole Miss and getting a win. Stanford, as much as they struggled, Beating Northwestern. These were really good wins for the league. Um, Washington State going down and winning in Houston. So I think the Pac-12 performed pretty well in the non-conference, and people will always point to, okay, the Auburn-Oregon game. Well, guess what? Look at the the extent of the league. I think the league did very well in the non-conference. Well, Roxy, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for stopping by and talking a little Pac-12 football. You got it, guys. Anytime. Happy to. Have a good one.